I'm telling you, if you think Amari could do it, I can break it down for you. But I'm afraid I hurt something. <laughs> well, I hope you're doing well. It's so good to see you this morning. God is really, really good. I think uh, when you have the opportunity to worship, I want to caution you. When you feel like you're not worthy, when you sense that there's something amiss, a lot of times it's not something that you've done wrong. And even if it has been, you need to know that God is greater than that. And you need to not let that control your worship. I'm not saying you shouldn't confess it, but don't let it possess you. I mean, learn how to worship. Learn how to... Uh, you know, I think some of us, we have a team that comes up here, and I think sometimes we ought to say the team up here, go sit down and let the others come up. Yeah. Because I think at times you're so in your mind, and you think it's you, and it may be your mind, but it's the enemy most of the time telling you that you're not good enough. Well, nobody ever said you are. If you could be good enough, Jesus wouldn't have died. Amen. I mean, that's part of the venture. If you could ever be good enough, you have to think about that. I want you to, to always consider when you have the opportunity to come into the body of Christ and worship like this, I mean, if we can't do this, what happens when we get out there in the arena where God's really called us to rep represent and to honor him in everything that we do and say, then we get if we can't beat the oppression in here, then the anointing that's going on in here is not great enough to overcome, or you're not going to allow it to overcome what's holding you back. I'm telling you, I, I guess I love coming up to the altar so much because, one, I think it's a privilege and an honor to be able to worship God, but I don't just do it in here. I do it out there. I think it's a privilege to honor God with my actions, and, and I'm talking about instead of responding like the world does, I respond how the Spirit says. And that's what I want to do. That's what I concentrate on. I was reading this morning, and it says, it said, you know, when you don't respond the way the Spirit leads, that means your flesh is being controlled by your soul. And at that point, it's not that God's give up on you, that there is a break in communication. And when that break in communication happens, we know we can make many silly decisions. And we all know in our emotional distresses, our emotional imbalances, whether high, low, whatever it may be, if many decisions, almost all decisions made in those situations turn out negative. I don't care. Overjoyed. You know what you'll do when you're overjoyed? Somebody will ask you, yeah, I'll cover that. Then when it all calms down, the joy is gone. Your, your ignorance has passed. You go, honey, how are we going to do that? I done popped off. You're going to have to go to them and tell them you can't do that, but you were out of... You're, see, emotions are not always, obviously, what you're led by. As a matter of fact, not hardly any time are you led by those. Last week, we talked about the Add to Venture, part one. What was the main theme? Anybody remember? What was it? We have to have the concrete base to add to, or anything you're trying to add without that, even today, is a waste of your time. Come on, somebody. No, I want you to stay with me today. See, when I always, you know, when we go to Africa, I've been so excited this time. I'm excited every time. But I'm so excited because I'm really focused on reaching those that already know. Now, Don does a lot. And we're showing the Jesus film a lot. If you've never heard the Jesus film in Masai, it's really awesome. And to watch them when they, 
when, when, when they rear up, when, you know, they get angry when somebody kills Jesus because he did nothing wrong. They don't go, <laughs> and now at the end we give the altar call, all of that. But I'm telling you, when they kill Jesus, the Messiah don't understand how could you hurt somebody that's done nothing but good? How could you hurt somebody that did nothing but feed, feed the sheep? In every area he fed the sheep. They don't, they, don't, they don't comprehend it. They haven't been in the world enough to know that you can mislead and deceive. And I'm not saying they don't in their own realm. But bless God, when they get a hold of this Jesus thing, they can't understand why we do that or why we act like that. They don't get it. They can understand that. But we have to have our faith. If we don't have faith, we cannot add to anything. That's what the Bible says. That's why you know it's so important. If you don't have faith, and if you leave here faithless, then, you know, you're in trouble. This is what you must have that adds to everything. You must have faith. You must have faith, because everything we're going to add today, if you don't have faith, it will not stick to. See, that's what all the things that we're going to add to today, if they don't have faith to stick to, then we don't have anything. We're not going anywhere. Somebody says, well, I know they're saved. I didn't say you didn't have faith enough to be saved, but that's not all you've been called to. That's not what all you've been called for. Somebody say amen. amen. Faith has to be the grounding uh, uh, rock that God has given you th through a gift of his, as we've talked about in Ephesians, that you must have to go forward. That's what really people really struggle with is this first one. That's why we took a whole uh, hour, a couple hours, not a couple hours. I think I, they didn't even preach an hour last week. We were out at uh, 12.38. No, 11.38, I remember. So today we know that we must add to is our faith. I want to reiterate, is your faith substantial enough to be a base structure to add to? I mean, do you feel like if God's going to add something and he's always pouring out stuff to those that have an empty pitcher to pour into, are you going to be able to say, well, if I have nothing else, I have enough faith for God to choose to add. I have enough faith. See, I don't have to have the right clothes on. I don't have to be a member of the right group. I don't have to know the right people, have the right job, drive the car that everybody aspires to have. Amen? All I have to do to go forward in this thing called Christianity is have what? Remember that. 2 Timothy 3.7, this is what happens to people that don't have a lot of faith, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You're ever learning. But if you're just learning stuff that you're reading or you're learning stuff that you're just taking in from the scripture and it has nothing that it can stick to, then it falls to the wayside. And the birds pick it up. And it flies off and it looks like all you can talk about is, well, I read that book. Or I read that Bible. I've read that Bible many times. But it looks like you've read nothing because your life has not been changed. You know, we, I said this last week, but it's so true. Many people live on what they did yesterday. I told you last week that today's a brand new day. I've looked at it every day this last week like it's every day is a venture. Because every day I haven't lived. You have not lived this service yet. I don't care if you've heard me preach for all these years. You've not lived this sermon. You've not lived this day. You got up on a brand new day with brand new opportunities with a brand new God that loves you in a brand new way every stinking day. 
Every day he loves you like you're, are you just born again? That's why he loves you. Every day. You say, well, nobody else, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. It matters whether he loves you. Amen. And if he loves you, he's given you what? Amen. Now you got something to add to. Come on, somebody say amen. Many believers seem to have limited knowledge and cannot add to their faith because truth has no place for connection. Some people say, well, I know that's the truth, but I'm not doing it. You know why you're not doing it? Because you don't have faith. That's why truth can't stick. I mean, somebody can tell you, I've had people tell me this. You're t- I'll show them in the scripture. You're right. That's true, but I'm not doing it. And I, I understand now why they can't do it. I understand why some of you right now are listening to me and not listening to me. I mean, you're looking at me, but you're not hearing me because you don't have the faith to hear. You have to have faith to even hear. Come on, somebody. Are you listening to yesterday, but you don't believe what I did a long time ago? I know that's the problem. When you're talking about your past, you're sure not taking care of the present. We don't have to worry about the future. As a result, if we don't have this, we, we just have so many immature believers Adding to the venture is necessary. Adding to the venture if we desire a more concrete relationship with the Lord. Some of us are pretty satisfied with an immature relationship with God. We still think that all these other things that we're doing are way more important, but the truth is every relationship you have, every opportunity that God puts in front of you, trial, tribulation, or whatever it may be, is supposed to go through what? That was weak. What's it supposed to go through? What are you taking it through? Doubt, unbelief. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to teach you. If you just got a little bit of faith, you can move a mountain. Why? Because it's not you moving it. See, you when you read the scripture, you have to know who's moving the mountain. Who's moving the mountain? Three letters. You don't know that? Say Jesus. Who's moving the mountain? He is. He's moving the mountain. You got a bad attitude? God will move the mountain. Just have a little bit of... You have a little bit of faith. Your kids are acting up. Why don't you start praying with faith? Things are not going right on the job. Why don't you start praying with faith? Your spouse is acting up. Why don't you pray with faith? You didn't even let me wait. payback (laughs) the adventure progresses only when we add to our faith the zoe life in christ is all about adding and subtracting we add that means we give way to the virtuous things god has given to us by the holy ghost and as we do then our flesh diminishes the things that we thought were important They might have their value, but they're always driven by one thing. It's called Zechariah 4, 6 said, Then he answered and spake unto me, This is the word of the Lord. What did he say? This is what? Say that again. Say that again. Do you understand how important that's just that statement? We can stop right there and quit what we're preaching and just go with the word of the Lord. Because if I can get you to see that when you see something like that, you know that the word of the Lord stands apart from anything and stands against anything that's not for God. It's really so good. 
saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So where do you get your, you get it from the, oh, I like that. Y'all are learning. Come on, somebody. I feel like we're hooked on phonics this morning. Huh? Come on, that's old school. I can't believe some of y'all let Bruce go. He's laughing over. He remembers he's old school. Second Peter 1, 3 through 10. Let's read this again. Jesus has the power. Jesus has the power of God. Thank God he, he is God. And his power has given us everything we need to live a life devoted to God. Everything. Say everything. everything. He's given you everything. When I say, oh, I just need, no, you've been lied to. You don't, if you're a believer, you don't need, you have. You just need to express and progress. Isn't it the truth? Or this scripture is a lie. Or you're absent of. Know, come on, this group over here is kind of slow. Or you're absent of. That's better. Now, y'all don't have to get louder because I encourage them. If they're a little shy over here, give them a chance. We have these things because we know him. See, you have to understand, there's, there's so many people that we think we know that when we say to somebody, you know, I know so-and-so. I used to, I, when I coached, there were several players that I coached that went in the NFL. And I used to tell people, when I see him on TV, yeah, I coached him. What? You coached him? What kind of guy was he? And I was going, yeah, I coached him. And I coached him. And I coached him. I didn't coach him, but I coached against him trying to name drop on somebody. What is that trying to do for anybody? I know Jesus. That's all that matters, you guys. I know Jesus. That's all that matters. We have these things because we what? We know him. Jesus chose us by his glory and his goodness, through which he also gave us the very great and rich gifts that he promised us. With these gifts, you can share in being like God. And so you will escape the ruin that comes to people in the world because of evil things they want. Because you have these blessings, do all you can to add to your life these things. Add to your life these things. We've got to add these things. It doesn't say in, it's an option, Robert. When your wife asks you to do something, she's really telling you to do something. Come on, somebody. Are you married? Don't be lying to me. When my wife says, you know, if you find the time, you know what that means? Forget the clock. Do it, Junior. You know? I mean, really. Women try to act. But, well, you know, if you was to have time, you think you could uh, move that from that room to that room? No, it hurts my back a little bit. What she's saying is, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what play it is. First and ten, second and get your rear up and go move that. And what do I do like a good little Christian? Because I have. Because I have. And I'm not ignorant. I know to keep mama happy is a good thing. Come on, your Bible says submit one to another. It really does. And that's what we have a hard time doing, even to our spouses. We really do. And that goes for both sides. So we have to add to our faith. If we're going to grow to anything, we have to add to our faith. Now, I'm not going to read all these things. I just want to do it right here. The do all you can. That's so important to do all you can. Means hasten, jump, 
act now to add these things. Do all you can. If we're going to add to our faith, we have to do all we can. That doesn't mean you hear this word today and you say, but my situation is special. Listen to me. When I preach, I believe all of us are in different places. All of us are in different circumstances. All of us are going through different trials and tribulations. But the point is, if you'll listen, the Word of God will meet you where you are and start to take you where you need to go. I believe that's how the Word of God operates. But if you say, well, you know, I've heard that before. The problem is you heard it the first time and didn't listen. Now you've got a, a chance the second time and say, now I've heard it the second time. Now if you read something one time in the Bible, it's important. But when you read it two times, it's doubly important. And we know it when it goes and makes a thread all throughout the Scripture how valuable it is. So don't just say you heard it and you, that you're not going to do anything about it. Or you heard it and you know it and you haven't responded because that only means you know it in your head and not in your spirit. Did y'all get all that? Do all you can. Number one, let's add goodness. Somebody's coming up here. Y'all give her a hand clap. Don't we need to add goodness? I mean, just goodness. You know what this goodness is? It's virtue. It's moral excellence and goodness of character. It means choosing the God way in all areas of your life. Choose goodness. I mean, even if you have the right when your wife has done made a mistake and you can make it all even because she owes you. You understand what I'm saying? Every, every married couple who's been married two months knows this. Isn't it the truth? That's how we play the game. But if we do goodness, we take no account of any deed that was done against us because it really wasn't the intent of our spouse that's born again to do that. We all can be deceived. Okay, there are about three rows. I said, we all can be deceived. Amen. If you can't say amen to that, then you're being deceived. <laughs> no, it's the truth, because you can't say amen to the truth. I don't care who you are. If you're, if you're in the, anytime you walk in the flesh, and we still do, we have that waywardness of being able to be deceived. In all areas of your life, there's a goodness. There's a goodness that we that we operate in the things of the Lord. There's a goodness that we respond instead of react. There's a goodness that we care about others more than we do ourselves. There's a goodness that we want to represent the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of self. There's a goodness that we don't want to get revenge. Because we add to our faith, goodness now sticks to our faith. And faith will be what drives our goodness. Are you getting this? If you don't have faith, John, turn your sign around. There you go then you just have goodness by itself, and we all know how long that's going to last. What? As soon as your flesh takes over. Then it looks just like the world. Matter of fact, your Christianity doesn't look like Christianity without that first one. You just have goodness. Why, you try to be as good as you can be. As a matter of fact, when you go home, you make all, you check all the boxes. I did this, I did this, I did this. Everybody thinks I'm so good, except the one that matters. Your goodness can't be good enough. All right, John, turn that back around before we pass out. All right. <laughs> we got to have faith. Amen? Everybody say faith. faith. Now say goodness. goodness. I want to be good. People are, when you leave them, what do they say? Be good. I'm like, I ain't never been good in my life. So Jesus, when they called him good, he said, none good, save God. The kind of good that people are telling you to be is ridiculous. 
Why? Because it's a measurement that you can't meet or it's a, it's a measurement that has no high standard anyway. When the world says be good, that means be good at your sin is what it means. Come on, somebody. Oh, help me, Jesus. I done made some of y'all mad. <laughs> be good. What's that mean to you? Every time I tell somebody be good, what do you do? You think I'm going to go out and kill somebody on purpose? <laughs> so I got to be careful because you get in your flesh, you can do anything. But be good. No, I'm going to go out and slap my wife. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show you what good is. I don't want to be good because nothing's good without God. And there's nothing good but only God. Come on, somebody. So we're going to add goodness. Everybody say goodness. goodness. Now let's do the next one. Let's add knowledge. I like this. Well, hello, give knowledge a hand clap. So we got faith and goodness. See, do you understand how that when you have faith and you add goodness, Everything is setting the stage. It, it's an environment that will connect to the other one because it kind of has a spiritual affinity. It's kind of like when you ladies know this because I know it because I clean a kitchen. So we can talk. I'm talking to the ladies right now, not to any of you guys, unless you clean the kitchen. But there are certain substances that you can cook with that they get attracted to some of your utensils and you cannot put them in the dishwasher and they get clean. These are the kind you have to scrub in the sink. Every woman, every woman knows what I'm talking about. Raise your hand. That's, you got it. Well, you know, you ain't cleaning them. Put your hand, yeah, I didn't, you don't get to put your hand up. It is. She's true, though. What is it? Scrambled eggs I, or any kind of egg. You can do anything, but you... You cannot take it and put it in a dishwasher. When it comes out, around the rim of that spatula. It'll, and I have to always go, why didn't I just wash that before I put it in there? And then just put it in. So I get pretty smart. And I'm learning. It's taking me a while, but I'm learning. You understand that that's what faith and goodness do to each other. Goodness has such an affinity to faith. Once it's connected, it's almost impossible to be disconnected. It has that affinity. Why? Because faith is a God gift. Goodness is a God fruit. Come on, somebody. Y'all getting this? I mean, it's connected. You can't help it. Same thing with knowledge. Now, you got the goodness of, a, of an attitude. You got moral virtue. You got a spirit of excellence. So knowledge is much easier to connect to that than it would be without absent. It cannot connect to faith. You can have knowledge, but it'll be of no importance. Yeah. You'll have knowledge, but it'll be of no value to us, to the kingdom of God. Are you following me with this? Everybody getting this? Shake your head this, or you're waiting for barbecue. I don't know which one. <laughs> what is the knowledge? This is just practical intelligence, practical knowledge, practical insight. It means knowing what to do in every situation and doing it. See, a lot of times... We think being a Christian is never having to make a practical decision because we're so spiritual. But you know that every day that all of what we're going through is about 99% of the things we're in are mundane. They're about, should I wash the car or shouldn't I wash the car? Should I pick that up or should I just run over? Come on, somebody, are you listening to me? See, we need to learn if we'll have faith, then we'll have goodness. Goodness opens the door. 
you'd be surprised how many people do have are absent of practical knowledge. We all want to be so spiritual, nobody can understand us. That's a problem. Let me speak about something so deep you can't get. And everybody will go, do you know what he's talking about? No. Well, you don't have that problem with me. You understand? You won't have that. Why? Because if you don't have practical knowledge, then the goodness won't stay connected, and it'll just be by itself, or it'll not give way to the next one we're going to talk about. Many people are absent of practical knowledge. Or if they do know it, they don't apply it. And if it comes from faith, it'll represent who? God. Come on, stay with me here. Stay with me. Faith is not just faith. It doesn't stand by itself. It comes from the origin of heavens. It comes from God. Okay? So you have goodness, you have knowledge. I love people that have practical knowledge. My wife sometimes, when we first got married, let me just tell you this. I love her to death, and she knows it. But I'm telling you, her naivety, is that how you say it? Naive. I am telling y'all, I would say things, and she'd go, what does that mean? And I'd say, are you crazy or stupid? Now, I, now I, that was the first eight years I was married. Now, come on, I wasn't saved. Well, I said a whole lot worse than that, but I'm going to leave it alone. Come on, y'all don't condemn me like that with your eyes. I know y'all have said it to your own spouses, and obviously, oh, you're praying for me? Well, I'll be praying for you, Junior. All right. I'm not mad. Just don't say that again. Right. No, I'm just teasing. I got goodness. <laughs> I got some knowledge. I got some faith up in here. But anyway, I tell my wife, what? Are you just dumb? And you know, here she is, graduated, I don't know, second, third in her class, never made a B in, uh, uh, I think she made one C in college and a cal calculus three. I can't even spell calculus, you understand? <laughs> but anyway, I'm sitting there asking her all these, you, you can't even, don't you understand what I just said? Well, first of all, you can tell by the way I talk, I don't make good sense half the time anyway. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me like that? Because you're married to one just like that. <laughs> I heard the way you said amen while I go real quick. But you know, the whole point is, truthfully, she was not loaded with practical knowledge. She wasn't. Am I wrong, honey? No. And she'd always say, when I'd kind of get angry, when I acted like a monkey, she'd say, if I knew, she still says this, if I knew the answer, I wouldn't be asking you. Because I keep thinking everybody in the world knows this. But it's okay. Everybody didn't know it. And if I tried to get in her mind and know what she, I could, my mind wouldn't hold what she knows. That's the truth. So we need practical knowledge. What else we need? Number three? Uh-oh. But if you have these first two and you have faith to connect to it, you'll have this, self-control. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap. Randy, just because you lead 130 people to the Lord out at the fair don't mean you don't need self-control. You didn't give me a hand clap. Self-control is a challenge. I heard it. Self-control is a challenge, isn't it? Now, come on, somebody. Look at all of you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Who's married in here? You know what I'm talking about. Who has parents in here? Them kids are going, my, 
I love the way Jasmine talks about her mama. Her mama don't know it. But I'll be talking to, I'll be talking to Jasmine. Was Jasmine, I don't know where her mama is. I don't know. There she's back there. But anyway, it's really funny. Jasmine will say, I'll pick her up sometime. I'll say something about, how's it going at home? I don't know. My mom was yelling and screaming around there. Somebody didn't clean up something. I just, I just can't talk to her sometimes. I go, I know what you mean. But the problem is, she's my carbon copy. And so she thinks I'm siding with her. What I'm saying is, I know what you mean. Because all three of my kids, no, you can't talk to him sometimes. Just go talk to mom. You know, go talk to mom. Self-control. It's hard to master this. But without faith and goodness and knowledge, you're not going to have self-control. will not stand by itself. And if it does, you know who's running it? Self. And self doesn't, we don't make good gods. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, boy, I'd make a good god? <laughs> if you have, we need a lot of prayer up in here for you. <laughs> Your wife doesn't think you'd make a good god. I can tell you that. She may say, honey, you're my all in all. Scripture says Jesus is your all in all. So you already lied to your husband. Quit it. <laughs> Self-control. What does it mean? To master or control the body or the flesh with all its lust. To master sensual cravings and passions. This control comes from the Holy Ghost connected to your spirit. You have, it's impossible without faith, goodness, knowledge to have anything close to self-control. I'm telling you, if you don't have self-control, your marriage is in trouble. You don't even have to try. Am I wrong or right? One of you don't have self-control, your marriage is in trouble. You have trouble on the job. You have trouble in everyday relationships. You're probably having difficulty having real friends. Not many people, even Proverbs talks about being, don't be around that person that has no self-control. Why? They get you in trouble. Get, you've been to, in, around somebody that didn't have any self-control, and you knew you shouldn't have been there, but it looks like he doesn't got you in a fight with somebody. That's some kind of people I'm telling you to stay away from. They got no self-control. And they all talking bad, and they go, well, who's going to do it? Well, Junior over here is. And you're going, what am I doing here? I, did, I was just, no, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't fighting nobody. Next thing you know, you're getting your tail beat. Why? Because you were with the idiot. People without self-control, truthfully, you get around them, they'll get you in trouble. But self-control can only be handled by faith being connected to goodness and knowledge. And then there's some self-control. Self-control means you don't do it your way. You do it his way. Self-control means you don't get revenge. You just love and forgive. Self-control, it just kind of means that you're knowledgeable enough about the Scripture. And listen, see how that goes? i got more virtue. I've got some knowledge about how I'm supposed to act. I've got faith guarding, guiding it all. And now self-control comes in, and I can handle that. I can't handle it in my flesh. How many of y'all still get mad? Everybody raise your hand or you're lying. <laughs> Not me. I, I don't know, get mad. Well, then you you're living in a you're a capsule, huh? You're in you're in some. You didn't raise your hand. Oh my gosh! Help me, Jesus. 
Honey, you got mad at me the other day. I didn't do nothing. That's what we say, don't we? Somebody gets mad. Who do you do nothing? That's the problem. You didn't do nothing. <laughs> no, I don't know where I'm going there. Let's go. All right, so we have this. comes from the Holy Ghost. It's impossible. And there are many people that, let me say this before I say impossible. There are many people that can act like they've got everything in control, even not being born again. But I'm telling you on the inside, their motives are not pure. They have no faith to connect it with, and they're only pleasing themselves, giving themselves glory because they want to hear everybody talk about how good they are. It's not God's good. It's their good. Let's do the next one, your favorite. Your favorite and mine. Number four, patience. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. Hurry up. Sit down. Waiting for you long enough. Should have asked somebody that could walk faster. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. I didn't mean to say that. Well, here's the deal. How many Christians pray for patience? Raise your hand. Don't lie. How many of you learned not to pray for patience? <laughs> it doesn't matter. The truth is, if you're born again, you have patience. You already have it. When I hear people get up here at prayer, oh, Lord, give me patience, I'm thinking, I always go like this. Okay, Junior, you're fixing to have some events. You just ask God to progress you in patience. It's the truth. You, you ask God for patience, you better strap in and lock down. You better get your armor on. Isn't that right, Donna? You know I'm telling you the truth. You better get the full Why do you think it's saying get the full armor of God on? My God, you're going to have some patience. You better walk around. What's wrong? You got some personal problems? No. I'm waiting for patience. I got all my armor on. That's the way it ought to be. I'm telling you, but you don't have to pray for that. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and you have patience at its ever beck and call. <laughs> Randy, you listen to me. You can be patient with her, Randy. Yeah, you. That's your name. And she can be patient with you. And you don't even have to be on your own. Because we're not talking about things that we're asking. See, this is not a lesson today on being good in the world standard. It started with a faith base given to you by the Holy Ghost, and everything connected is going to build the kingdom of God, not yourself. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what we're talking about today. What is patience? Endurance. Perseverance. It is not a passive word. Y'all ever thought about that? Ethan, you ever thought about that? It's not a passive word. Patience? I mean, I know at times in my life it's been a cuss word. Or if you like it better, it's been a curse word. Patience? My God, before I was born again, I thought you should have known about it before I said it. Especially, above all else, my wife. Didn't you think what I was thinking? She tells me what I'm thinking all the time. <laughs> it is the truth, she does that. This is not a passive. But when faced with difficulties, we do not sit in back. We do not, we do not sit in the back and do nothing. That's not patience. 
It's not sitting back there being this passive moron when things are going in a way that somebody ought to step up. And, and it's, it's being able to do what? Step up to the scene, wait to hear the voice of God, know enough scripture to know that it's the Holy Ghost can connect with something, and then your faith move through goodness, knowledge, self-control, boom, patience. Then everybody else has lost their mind, but here you step up and people are going, what'd you say? Well, why don't we do this? Well, I didn't know you were that smart. It has nothing to do with being smart. It has something to do with you not letting your emotions take control, and you can hear from God no matter what the situation. Let me tell you what, we, what, what no, uh, modern Christianity is. Pastor Rachel, this is it. We have everything that I'm talking about that we believe. But we have these special things out here. Donna, you'll know this is true. We have these special things out here that if they happen, we, they're out of the bounds of this, so we're going to get that kind of action. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Let somebody mess with your kid and see how you act in Christianity. Look at it. See right here, D-boy. <laughs> He's already slobbering. It's the truth. I'm not saying I haven't said those same things. Are you listening to me? It's the truth. But that doesn't make it right. That's not real Christianity. That's making room for the flesh. Jesus said the devil had no part in him because he didn't. We need to not give the devil a part in us so that when something happens out of the ordinary, we don't revert to what the world does and go over there and beat somebody half to death and kill them and say, but this is what he did, this is what he deserved. So do you. But instead, Jesus did this on your behalf. Come on, somebody. How you like that? That's what he did for you. But we can sure as heck condemn everybody else, can't we? Well, they mess around. I'll tell you one thing. Jesus said they did everything they saying to me that they talking about if somebody does one thing to them. See, we can't have Christianity in its, in it, its exclusive little state as long as it meets your standard, then we'll do this. What if it doesn't meet your standard? You'll look like you lost faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, and patience, and like you've never had them until you calm down, sit down, sit like a panting lizard. And everybody goes, are you okay? It may take a day or two, week or two, month or two, but you'll go, that wasn't a smart move. Why? Because that still, small voice says, I love you, but you blew it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I love you. Doesn't matter if you're a teenager. Doesn't matter if you're EFJ. Doesn't matter where you are. That's what he says. Number five, godliness. Come on. There he is. Should I have helped you up? That would have been a godly move of mine, wouldn't it? Godliness is this. It's igniting the Zoe life. The Zoe life is eternal life. Everybody know that? Quickening eternal life, which has been given to us by the Holy Ghost. Remember, this is all being connected to faith. I just wonder, during a normal day, how many of these things turn your self-control over? Boom. See, the problem is, you think you still got all this, but when it stops right there, you lose all that. Turn them over too. See how it's, that's how it works. 
Are, are you getting this? <laughs> I'm going to use it. Right. John, wake up. John, you got to wake up. Turn that over. <laughs> no, y'all don't understand. No, John has faith. <laughs> Did he hold the sign up? He had faith. God was going to let him hold that sign up. So he thought, I've already heard this. I'll just let him, I'll hold a sign. I've got faith. Okay, he got big time faith. You don't see it? The faith sign's bigger than any other. Look at this. That's just showtime. Every now and then you show a little goodness, and every now and then you have a little knowledge, but you got nothing else that stands with it. Means nothing. All right, turn them back over. It's making me sick. All being connected to faith. That's what good godliness is. Godliness is all connected. Everything's connected to faith. You understand why faith is so big? Because faith has to be the driving force of all of these things that happen. Because when something happens out of the ordinary, am I really going to portray godliness? If faith is not driving it, that's when I have this exclusion of Christianity and I'm out here going, but every, and it's true. Your friends will understand what you did. The world definitely says you did right because they would have done the same. And when the world says they'll do what you did, you need to know you did something wrong. world told me it's a check. Yeah, I know. God told you it's a minus. But that's okay. If you got two minuses, it makes a plus. Huh? That's the cross. Come on, somebody. Y'all mess up. That's okay. Sixth one, kindness. Boy, we got to have some kindness. Here he comes. Here he comes. Kindness. Brotherly kindness. Let me tell you what this is. This is a phileo type love. But since it is driven by faith, which has its origin in the Holy Ghost, it is transformed into agape love. No matter what kind of love it is, every one of these, as you well know, if you're going to have kindness, there's nothing wrong with being kind. I don't know why. I'm, see, we have established in our world today, right? I mean, athletics seems to be the thing that everybody has their standard by. Say it. We've decided that they need to have the most money. And we've decided by that standard that we can't measure up to what they do, so we're not as important as they are, we're definitely not as rich as they are, and we're not as popular as they are, so therefore they make good gods until we find out they're just like us. Or worse. Brotherly kindness it gets its origin from the Holy Ghost. It's transformed into agape love. But without faith, you don't have goodness, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, and kindness. What's wrong with being kind? I don't mean fake kindness. I mean truly to be kind. To be kind is not to, what do you, what do you, what do you call it when you entitle somebody? Kindness is not to entitle somebody. I don't know if that's the word. It is. To entitle somebody to keep doing wrong, that's not kind. Oh, they don't mean to do bad. Yeah, they do. They're doing bad because they want to. They already know the consequence of doing bad. They've already been, they've already been through some con They know. Kindness is not giving evil a place and saying, I'm just a, I'm just a good Christian. Let me tell you something. They, don't, they won't say that about me. I hope they don't say that about you. doesn't mean I'm going to be rude, but kindness is bringing the right answer with the right attitude and the right motive. That's kindness. 
Kindness is making sure it's faith-driven and it's gone through all these other fruits and it shows up and it'd be impossible to do it wrong unless you're flesh-led. That's how kindness is. Let's come with our last one because it's good. Love. Who's got it? Uh-oh. She must have hit it somewhere. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry, I should have helped you out. Wow. Now we got some bookends. Don't we? Can, are, are you getting this? Well, I know you're not going to ever forget this. I mean that. You should never forget this because this is truly how it works in your faith. And it doesn't matter. These are not all the fruits. You talk about, you go to Galatians 5. 22, 23, but right now these are the ones, and they all line up there as well, but these are the ones. And yes, love is so important because it's the bookend of faith. Really what you could do, you could take love and put an arrow to it and faith, put an arrow to it all the way back to love. And these things are encircled, and it goes either way, this or this, but they're bookended by this as long as they stay, not in this order, because sometimes we act on knowledge more than we do goodness, but goodness still has its place because it affects knowledge. Sometimes we're operating in knowledge more than goodness, but it doesn't mean good. But the reason why we can act in knowledge is because goodness and faith have their place. Not in that order, because sometimes self-control will be of the order tomorrow all day long. But the reason why you can have self-control is because you have faith, goodness, and knowledge, but self-control looks like it's where goodness is. Are you getting this? This is just something for you to see. Kindness may be what you need tomorrow more than anything. So it catapults itself up here, it looks like, and all day long, God is forcing you to find out whether you're going to be kind. That's how it works in the faith. It's not one thing more important than the other. It's not an order. I just gave you this so you can see the complexity, truly, of Christianity. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? But it's... Christianity, I guess the greatest word you can say, it's so submissive. And this is violent Christianity. That's what I call violent Christianity. This is totally going against the world in our response. What is love? Agape, the unconditional love that comes from the Holy Ghost. The love, this love forgives when others find fault. Forgives. I mean, it just, forget, it doesn't, can you believe they did that again? Yeah. Can you believe I did that? Yeah, I can. But I forgive instead of find fault. This love endures when others exit. You'll have friends in your life that'll stay around, and finally when you've done enough ignorance, they'll, you'll notice they don't call very much. They don't come by very much. They don't say hi very much. The reason why is because I kind of exited. They exit. They just feel like, well, really, they've lost their agape love for you. They can't show you kindness. They're tired of trying to show you godliness. And they're, what they're trying to say is they've lost their faith. Not your fault. Are, are you listening to me? When you give up on somebody, it's not their fault. Now, God can lead you to withdraw from somebody for a season. I understand that. But if you just give up on somebody because you feel like giving up on somebody, you're missing it. 
This love endures when others exit. This love sacrifices when others are selfish. It's agape love. It's hard love. But this is what you get for a bookend for all these other things. To add these characteristics to your life is not a difficult project. It's the process of developing what the Holy Ghost has already given you. Everybody got that? Say amen. amen. Did you get that? Say amen. amen. I want you to get that. When these things are added to your faith, they begin to operate via the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's like they're on. And all you have to do in any given situation, you don't have to stop and go, wait a minute, it's goodness, knowledge, self-control, patience, kindness, kindness, kindness. Okay, now, I'm so sorry what happened. No, it just happens immediately because the Holy Ghost is on time. The Holy Ghost is relevant. Boom! Boom! Got it. Somebody said, how did he come out with that answer? I don't know. How did Solomon say, whose baby is it? I don't know. She says it's hers. She says it's hers. We'll take a sword and cut it in half. How did he come out with that knowledge? Boom! Holy Ghost. Figured it out. If you don't know the story, read it. Faith alone is a car without a driver. Boy, I got a nice looking car out there. You ever drove it? Nope. That's what faith is. Huh? A pool without a swimmer. Man, that pool is clean. Yeah, I know. We keep it that way. How do you do that? We don't let anybody swim. (laughs) Y'all getting this? I was trying to teach you something. A mountain without a climber. Man, mountains are made to climb. And not just the physical ones, but I'm talking about truly even those. Everest was made to climb. I just hadn't been called to climb it. <laughs> I ain't got there. I do want to climb Kilimanjaro, but I haven't done that yet. And the last one is a cross without a Savior. And a lot of times we got those crosses on, but I'm not so sure there's ever been a Savior connected to it. Faith is not looking away from these issues. Faith is looking for a place to manifest the glory of God. You're looking. In your faith, you're looking. You're looking because you're looking to show goodness, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, kindness, driven by love. In adding these things to our faith, faith now has focus, fight, and firmness. These are three traits that faith must be equipped with. Focus, Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me. Come on, say that with me. But none of these things move me. I'm not going to read the whole verse. Get that. Fight. That's the next one. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Come on, Bruce. Just fight the good fight of faith. He's not asking you to do it by yourself. He gave you the gift in the first place. He's not going to leave you hanging. He gave you the gift in the first place. He wants you to expand on it. The next one is firmness. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. So we fix our eyes. Say that with me. So we fix our eyes. That's firmness. You can't move me. You can't shake me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I, hey, I'm fixed. <laughs> huh? I'm fixed. I got my eyes fixed on what God wants to do. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. I may not be the most popular. I may not be considered. Everybody say, well, you know, he's okay, but bless God, he just... He won't go crazy on the world. No, I want to win the world. The adventure of faith is awesome. But we must prepare for this journey. 
We must develop the necessary tools for the times of solitude and the times of spiritual warfare. In Christianity, there's times of solitude. I don't know why y'all worry about that. Some of y'all are so worried about being alone, you're afraid you might have to hear from God. No, you ought to be looking to hear from God. You're so afraid that if you don't have a party at your house, you ain't called somebody, you ain't got a bunch of people around you, you don't know what to do. Listen to me. You need to prepare yourself to having some solitude times with God. Quit thinking if, if, see, that's what I think you're afraid of. You're so afraid that you might have to meet with God. My God, you need to meet with God. We will be injured all along the way. But these injuries, even if they are our own doing, will be used by God to advance us in the adventure. Even if they're your own doing. God doesn't say, idiot, can't use you. No, he says, come on, let's start back over here. Now you know you got your faith. Come on, go back to you. But I've done, okay, repent. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me, because I did. Now, let's start all over again. And you don't have to start back where you first had goodness because you've already got enough goodness to go forward. <laughs> God is so good. James 1, 2, and 3, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Told you. I want to read it in another verse. It says, My friends, be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. <laughs> I can be only laughing. It says, be glad. Come on, let me see glad look on your face. Is that your glad look? Oh, God, I feel like there's daggers coming at me. Give me a glad look. <laughs> Come on, give me one. Janet, give me a glad look. Janet, give me a glad look. Hey, thank you. See, in trouble, what do you do? George? Have you ever thought about that? The devil throws something up at you and you go, you know what he'd be saying? That poor boy crazy. <laughs> but that's what it says. Be glad. Why? Because it's going to turn to something good. It would just stay the course. We bail out too quickly. We bail out too quickly. But God, this is exclusive Christianity. It's it's over here, but this recalls for me to be over there. No, it doesn't stay the course. My friends, be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. You know that you learn to endure by having your faith tested. But you must learn to endure everything so that you will be complete, mature, and not lacking in anything. Amen. My God, that's, that's what we've tried to do up here today. Tried to show you that. Amen? Did you get something today? Amen. Amen.